Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Well, it's just kind of worked out in my favor that I've been here 14 months and just the cycle of readings, I haven't really had to preach on any tough issues yet because the scriptures haven't really addressed some of the bigger issues. But then today, I get the task of talking about marriage, divorce, and Jesus Christ. Let me share with you why I'm hesitant to talk about it. There's a very large percentage of people who come to St. Basil's who are divorced and remarried. So much so that my first month I had to ask someone, was I not aware of something? That the numbers were so high, more than any other parish I had been assigned to or that I had visited, I had no idea why. And I asked some people and they said, oh, I don't know, Father, just kind of what it is. I said, oh, okay. I come at this topic not from someone who's on some sort of moral pedestal wagging a finger saying, why can't you get your act together, which is the tone in our broken hearts and in our pain we apply to people, but it's not necessarily where it's coming from. But I share this with you as my mom and dad got divorced when I was 18, a freshman in college. My dad is on his third marriage. He was married once before. My aunt is on her fourth marriage, and my grandfather, who died on that side of the family, died divorced from his fifth wife. I'm assuming the murmurs are, oh, we're going to pray for you, Father. (laughs) So divorce is very much a part of my experience and story. So I'm at my first assignment, and while I'm there, I'm sharing with one of the secretaries about Uh, Just my love of Pope St. John Paul II's vision of marriage and sexuality and his plan and how he articulated God's plan for fulfillment, for to complete us, not to delete us. And I'm sharing this with her, and she goes, when are you going to start like a marriage ministry? I'm like, oh, I don't really think I'm going to do it. And she said, oh, you got to. So we started one, and we were averaging 70 couples a month from all over the diocese. They were driving 45, 50 minutes in February to get to Parma, Ohio to come to a night. And I realized there was a real hunger in the heart of married couples to be reminded why they're married. Like, you can get by quite a bit on the good-lookingness or the charm of your spouse. That can carry you pretty far. But personality wears off and the body changes. And you're left with a desire for new reasons. I need to know why to keep saying yes. So at the end of my time there, I got called from the, by the bishop. At that time, it was Bishop Perez, who asked me, would you go around, the, go around to the diocese and teach God's plan for marriage? And I said, okay. So it was me and three others. And then I got a call a couple months after that saying, oh, would you be the chaplain of a ministry called retrovi. Retrovi is a French word meaning reawakening. It started in the 70s in Quebec, Canada, and it's been in the Diocese of Cleveland for well over 30 years. 
it's for couples who are, are just struggling and they can't get out of the struggle. Now that can look different for everyone. Some of them, objectively, you would say it's code red. Some of them you'd say, well, it's not that bad, but when you hear their hearts, you realize there's a lot of loneliness and misconnection and struggling. And so it's a weekend with some follow-up sessions. And so as I got to be working with those couples, so I'm with the other first end of it, I'm with the wedding prep and wedding renewal. Now I'm uh, like the divorce attorneys on speed dial couples. Right? So I, I got the full gamut. I share all this with you to say, I don't have an earthly spouse, but I get marriage pretty well. I've probably read more books on it than most of you, and I've heard enough stories about marriage that let me know I get it. I get all the beauty and hope and the promise that love makes to your heart in the early years. I know how hard it can get over the years, and I also know what it's like as someone to be Catholic to say, I got divorced, and yeah, I got the annulment and I'm remarried, but there's still some embarrassment in the Catholic world, the fact that I was married and got a divorce and I'm embarrassed. I also know those of you who are already planning an email because you never got married and you're saying, you didn't talk to me at all. I see you and I hear you too. But Jesus didn't talk about the single life today. He talked about marriage. So I have to talk about that because Jesus did. When all is said and done, divorce comes down to one thing. This is a pretty bold claim. Every story is different. The levels of pain are different. But it comes down to one thing. One or both of the spouses didn't want Jesus to bring healing, transformation, and love to where there was pain, hopelessness, and fear. One or both of the spouses didn't want to receive Jesus into the places in their heart and in their relationship where there was pain, meaninglessness, and fear. And since one or both of the spouses were blocking him out, love himself, healing power himself, couldn't bring about the restoration of the hearts that could bring about new life. And so the couples fall apart. What the annulment process is in the Catholic Church is to say, actually what happened at the end was already present in the beginning. There was already something that made them incapable of really entering into marriage to begin with. Although it looked on the outside like a marriage, behind the scenes, when we dug deeper, we found out something was lacking. And so the church was to say, there might have been a civil marriage, you might have lived like a married couple, but in the deepest levels of the heart, some things weren't there. So what is the message for all of us? Divorced, remarried, never married, married and happy, celibate man. I think I'm the only one in the room. Okay, great. Like, what's the message for all of us? Jesus is not the enemy of your heart. Jesus is not the one who's against you having a life of love, intimacy, tenderness, hope, and goodness. He is not the one who takes life away. He brings life. And to the degree that we're really willing to pray 
And I mean actually let our hearts be open and bleed out to Jesus is the degree that we experience, as Pope Francis calls it, the tender caress of mercy. I don't know why this week I was showing someone a, a, a scar on my knee. I'm trying to think, where would I have been to have done such a thing? I was somewhere. Um, but I was showing someone the scar on my knee. And it was from when I was learning to ride my bike. I was in Colony Park, which is in Hudson where I grew up. And they had really, they put a new gravel parking lot. They didn't pave it yet. And it was the big white stones that companies do, right? And I was riding really fast because I knew how to ride my bike. And it slid on the rocks and fell off and a rock went into my kneecap. And there's one thing to heal the knee, but the best part is when mom kisses the boo-boo. We all know mom's lips have some sort of medicine that they couldn't bottle and sell anywhere else. Because mom's lips represent God's touch. Your boo-boos matter to me. Where you're hurting, I care about. See, the Father, God the Father, actually does love you. Like all of you. And I don't mean like every number, I mean from head to toes. Your past things that you might be nervous about or scared about, the part of your hearts that have gone unfulfilled and you just concluded you were naive or immature or maybe God is mad at you or all these places of quiet resentment, the Father says, I hate that that's your life. I want to be there with you. I really want to share my tenderness for you. And he shares it through Jesus by the power of the Spirit so the whole Trinity can touch our hearts and from the inside out renew us. In Retrovi, one of the couples hadn't seen each other in seven years. So they had separated. We're living in different places for seven years. The first time they stayed together in a room was on Retrovi. They were living different lives. They were like, all right, we... And before they got the divorce, they said, let's give it one more shot. Something in them was moving. It was Jesus. Something in them said, as bad as this is, as hard as this has been, as much as I look at you and I, I hate you, and you look at me and hate me, I'm willing before we pull the plug to give it another shot. So they went to Retrovi. And on Friday night of Retrovi, the most deafening sound is the clenched fists and jaws in the room as everyone's angry to be there. Because not only are the spouses not clicking, they now have to be seen by other spouses and known that they're not clicking. And then you've got my stupid smile bouncing around the room saying hi to everyone, okay? So it's a bad combination. That's the, that's the loudest sound, the deafening silence of anger and pain. Two and a half days later on Sunday, the loudest sound on Sunday afternoon at a Retrovi weekend is the sound of kissing at the sign of peace. What happens in between is two things. Jesus' desire to heal the human heart and a setting whereby people learn how to be vulnerable, where it's okay to be seen and known, where you don't have to be strong. Whether you're single, married, divorced and remarried, divorced and never remarried, or you're young and you haven't gotten married yet and you're thinking about it, 
Jesus is not the enemy of your happiness. He's the one who knows you, he sees you, and he loves you. And so his only plan is to draw you down a path that would bring you joy. How do we know this for sure? Is this just the church talking like it's supposed to? Oh, the Father's supposed to tell us Jesus is important. Look at the saints for 2,000 years. Can anyone remember the smile on Mother Teresa? Or the big, jolly, fat John Twenty-Third at Vatican II and his smiling face? Holy people are the happiest even though their life can be hard because they've discovered my God is with me and he loves me. And today I want to invite you to really pray the rest of this Mass. No matter what I've said that might have rumbled or touched something in you, that's where Jesus wants to go. That's where he wants to be with you. He wants to hear all about that. All about anger, pain, fear, exhaustion. I don't want to go back there. I thought that was done. I don't want... Wherever that's at in you, or Lord, I just, I'm so glad I, I've had a beautiful marriage, and you're right, both of us really try to love you, and it's such a blessing. I'm so grateful. Wherever you're at, that's where you're at, and that's where he's at, and he wants to hear about it. So today, let us let the hero of our hearts be close so that we can actually say, Jesus, you know what? He's Lord. Amen.